Hey, welcome to this edition of Catch Up with Cairo Touch. We're so glad you took the time out of your schedule to tune in today. I have one of my favorite people back on as, uh, for a second time, and I could not think of a better person to meet with and talk with about today's topic. And this gentleman is somebody who's inspired me from up close and from afar. And I am in a long line of people who would say the same thing. Paul, we just love you. You've been so great for our profession. And I just love your story. It's very similar to mine. Um, you're a little bit further along on the trajectory than me, but I love it. And I'm looking forward to today's conversation. For those of you don't know, that don't know Dr. Paul, he spent pretty much the last two and a half decades building his dream practice. And so, you know, he has always kind of had really strong core values and really relatively clear vision, although sometimes vision has to change. We're going to talk about that. But it's been really fun to watch. And so today's topic really is how to reverse engineer your vision, your dream, and your goals so that it's a clear reality for you, not just some pipe dream. So, Paul, welcome back. Yes. Hey, Doc. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for for honoring me and, and all the, the great compliments. I appreciate it. it means oh, a lot. Man. So thank you. It's not hard with you, buddy. Um, I am a, I'm, I'm over this now in my life, but I used to be, uh, my wife would say, a little bit of a pipe dreamer um, in terms of where I want to take the practice, where I want to take my, my, my team and stuff. But as I get older, I become, it's become more of a reality as I've learned more about vision casting, goal setting. So can you just kind of give us a high level general differentiation between this pipe dream versus this really crystal clear uh, vision? You know, I, I think we all start, and, it, and it's great too, but I think we all start with a little bit of a pipe dream, right? The young boy laying in the grass, grandiose visions. We see all these, you know, people around us growing up that we look up to that had what we at the time believe were huge successes and were doing things that we'd hoped or wanted to do. Um, and so I think that's really like the pipe dream, like, oh, you're laying in the grass and just really kind of like, oh, that in awe of somebody's successes or in awe of somebody that's, you know, maybe doing something that you want to do. And, and really you know, a, a true vision, um, our true vision needs to really align with your core values of who you are as a human being, the reason you were put here on this planet to make an impact and, and, and what's, what's on your heart. Like sometimes, you know, the, the pipe dream is just things and stuff that we see. It's the feel good, right? Oh, I think it'd be great to, you know, whatever that that person is doing. I, I think I'd like to live that life. But if, if you start pursuing, you know, somebody else's dream or somebody else's life really it's not it's not aligned with who you are and as a human as a as a as a child of god as your spirit it's just not aligned with you and i personally have experienced like doing a little bit of that and it's you just really never get there you never feel fulfilled never feel confident never feel satisfied and and really when it's your true vision like and things really start to unfold and things will naturally align and fall into place through the relationships you build and and, and through you know, again, a congruency with who you want to be as a human and, and the things that you're teaching and preaching and, and telling the story about. And so I think really that a true vision is really what's, it has to align with your core values and, and being congruent with who you are as a person. That's really the, the to me, that's the difference. So. Yeah. And so, and I've run into this lately with some docs I've been consulting with. When I hear core values, that kind of personally wraps into my purpose as a practitioner, as a chiropractor, as a leader. And so give me some, if you would, some real world examples of what you've seen in others, no specific names, obviously, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. where you felt like they were incongruent a little bit. Maybe they got away from their core values and their true purpose. Uh, give us some examples of how that might play out. And 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, in our profession, um, there's a lot of shiny, shiny, flashy things that people get attracted to, right? And, and, and we've all been there and we've all done that. And, and we've all pursued those things. And those, those things didn't, didn't help the practice uh, financially, didn't help us help more people. Um, and so I, I think that really getting to the core of who you are and who you want to be is really aligning with your vision and serve that, right? Do what you were placed here to do. Like what is on your heart? What it goes back to your, you know, unfortunately too many Kairos, we get into practice and, and we've lost sight of our original calling into chiropractic, like that original vision of why you wanted to go to prior, what, you know, why did you, what did you not choose to do? I just heard this this weekend. What did you not choose to do to become a chiropractor? Cause you could have done, or we could have done lots of things in our life that would have made us a lot of money, made us successful, all the accolades that we could have wanted. But we chose to ignore, we chose to to backdoor or backseat those things to become a chiropractor, which isn't easy. You had to spend lots of money to go to school, not only your undergrad, but then, you know, professional school, chiropractic school, and then, you know, a loan to open a practice and, and, and all the things that come with it. And so when you, when you're true to your alignment, congruency, vision, those things, it's easy to get up. It's easy to pay off the debt. It's easy to, to do the things that are uncomfortable because it aligns with you. And if, if we start chasing some shiny objects um, that don't align with us, it, it just gets harder. We're off purpose. Then it's not fun. You know, and then everything's a struggle and then we get grumpy and then we bring that home and then we have troubles in relationships and, and all those things. But if you're, if you're truly aligned with your calling and with your purpose and your vision, you know, I think things align naturally and easier and, and you're just in a state of flow and abundance and, and whatnot. Yeah. So it sounds like um, a good, really a good way to do this is when you're young in your career, or maybe even in school is to begin to really define those core values, right? Because yeah. I know for you in your personal life and your practice life, there's, there's a fair amount of overlap on those core values. Um, they kind of drive every part of your life, right? Yeah. I, I make all, you know, got taught this early on, but I make all my decisions on where I want to go and what I want to do through those core values. Like they really, if if it aligns with me, then I'll, you know, then I'll walk into it, entertain it before I make the decision. But if it doesn't align with, with my core values, it's not even a, you know, it's not even a discussion for Heidi and I. Yeah. And I was talking with a doc uh, the other day from Arizona and he's really struggling with, he feels like he kind of lost his Cairo identity a little bit Mm. and he, is reverse engineering not reaching his goals and he's looking at that and he he exposed himself and said it's my core values it's my purpose i need to get yeah. back into the nitty-gritty and get into the lab and um and the symptom of that was something that used to creep into my life was every seminar he goes to he mm-hmm. buys something that he didn't intend on buying going there um he bought some guy's dinner program that had was total misfit for his personality um he bought some sort of um a uh, therapeutic device that was out of his congruency as far as what kind of practitioner he was. And he was having all these symptoms. So have you kind of seen that, you know, in your coaching and doing chiropractic? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and that's exactly what I was, you know, re- referencing is, is docs will, you know, because they, they, they admire or, or look up to whatever that person that was, had that shiny therapeutic machine or the doc that was doing that. Hey, I, I signed up X amount of people delivering my dinner talk this way, right. or I, I use this instrument to make X amount of more money in my practice. Right. But it was really, it was, if it's outside your lane, outside of your, your core values and your vision, like it's, it's really, it's more of a distraction, a detour and a, it's, it's sucking the life out of you for lack of better terms. Yes. And it, it's, and it's not feeding life into you. Whereas if you're, you know, 
true to your vision and your congruency, um, it, it, it feeds your energy, it feeds life into you, it pours, you know, it, it lifts you up instead of dragging yeah. you down. And so that's, that's why it's so, so, so important to, you know, keep your anchor, like keep that original why as close as you can. You know, I tell the story a long time ago, um, that there was a, there was a, a gentleman that, that, uh, was painting stripes. And I, if I've shared this with you, I'm sorry, but I'll share it again. Cause I think it ties right into this. So there's a, there was a gentleman that was painting stripes on the road as a, a job, a young kid. And the first day he showed up and, and painted, you know, miles of, of yellow stripe down the road. And, and the foreman at the end of the day called the owner and was like, man, this kid is phenomenal. He's the hardest worker I've ever seen in the entire, my entire time with the company. I think he's going to do great things for us. And the next day he showed up and had a good day, but not as good as his, his original day. And by the time the end of the week came, he hardly striped any distance on the road. And the, and the foreman came up to him and said, hey, man, what? What happened? Like Monday, I, I called the owner and I said, this kid is the hardest worker we've had in comfort history. I think he's going to do amazing things for us. And today you hardly got anything accomplished. And he goes, well, I got further and further away from the bucket. Right. And so at, he left his core values. He left what he needed to do to be his best person each and every day way back at where the truck was at instead of moving the truck and the bucket with him. And so it's the same thing with chiropractic. We get away from our core values with our with our 33 principles or however you practice. And then just gets harder and harder and harder to be more and more successful. Um, and so that's, it's really, we, we leave that behind. Wow. That's really good. I'm so glad you uh, unpacked that for us. Yeah. This uh, particular gentleman I was talking about made the mistake of introducing a multi-level marketing product into his chiropractic practice. Yeah. And he's just, he's lost people over it. Um, so yeah. let's, let's kind of, um, if you don't mind, if we could look under the, under the hood of Paul Reed's career to date, because uh, I know that God's not finished with you yet. He's got great things in store for you, for your future. We just don't know exactly what that looks like. Probably um, we know what it looks like in the next. My, year. my coach just just shared that with me minutes ago, so it must be it must be a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we kind of know that. Yeah, I know Kyra Fest. That's your baby, and I know yeah. you got a, probably another year, year and a half where you're at there. But um, if we could just look under the hood of of what you've done there. Uh, for the benefit of others on this call, because remember, as you know, on this call is going to be, we have students tuning into these. Mm. We've got um, veterans that are stuck. And I love what Dr. Ron said, your coach was on as our guest. And he actually used the word stuck and said, man, no, being, being aware that you're stuck is actually a good thing that you have the awareness of being stuck. So many people are stuck and they just don't know they're stuck. And he goes, so that state of stuckness um, is really a good thing if it forces you to take action. If you just sit there and stay stuck and you know you're stuck, then you're going to be miserable. But um, part of that is if you looked at your journey, give us some real world examples along the way where you had to sit down. And like you said, maybe it was a, a positive roadblock, which we always think of it as negative, but it's really a positive because it's going to grow you going to grow your character. You're going to persevere. It's going to give you more hope and people are going to be drawn into you because they watch you navigate that. But what are, where were some of those pivots in your practice where you thought, uh Oh, I need to sit back down again. And maybe it's a good thing. Like, Hey, this is getting bigger than I dreamed, you know? So kind of give yeah. us a couple yeah. stories where you had to pivot. Yeah. I'll, I'll share two. One that was a positive and one that was, you know, uh, a learning lesson, which is always a positive because it's just an opportunity to me to, to refine. Right. Um, the, the first one is about 10 years into practice when, you know, I noticed that we would, um, we'd have attrition of people that communicate or were, were, excuse me, were commuting too far or what they perceived to be too far to the practice. 
And so we would, you know, they would get through an initial care plan or whatnot. And then we'd notice that they would trickle off or we'd, we'd, we'd lose that practice member somewhere along the line. And so that, that's when the vision of a second clinic popped in my head. I'm like, Hey, let's, let's, let's place an office on the other side of town so that we, you know, could reduce our opportunities or reduce our potential loss of those people dropping out of care, just out of, you know, pure frustration of having to commute 40 minutes each way. And so, and so that was the first, like, okay, well, recognition, right? Like Ron said, self-awareness, like, okay, what's going on? How, how can I, what's the, what's the solution for this perceived problem? Cause it might not, it was just really a perceived problem that I saw that people were having. And then, so our solution was, Hey, let's, let's open up another office. Um, the, the downside of that is like, okay, well, a certain percentage of the practice already lived closer to that practice. Right. And so they, they automatically, well, Hey, now that this is an opportunity for us, we're going to go here instead of there. So so while it, it fed one, it, it, it cannibalized another practice a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so that, you know, so there, there's some upsides and down and downside to that. But again, it was both were opportunities for both practices to grow in it, which is exactly what happened because we made it easier and more congruent for some people to follow through with care, which opened up, you know, we, we all have limited uh, time, space and matter, right? We can only serve so many people. And so it opened up the door for more people to come to the practice that they were closer to in our community or the original practice. Um, a second one, you know, so that, that was really, that would be a first one where, you know, I, I saw the story of losing people. Second was a, was a, a practice that I had about 20 miles North. Um, this would have been our fifth practice or no fourth practice. Um, at the time, um, I, I purchased an, an existing practice. The doc wanted to move. And so we, we plugged into this small community and in, in the course of three years, I, I processed, I had five doctors that, that went through there and the practice was surviving, but it wasn't thriving. And so, you know, Heidi and I through quiet time and, and alignment of congruency was like, it was more of a distraction, more of, of an energy leak than anything. We, we closed it and which was a huge, you know, I, I don't like to lose. I don't like to fail yeah. and closing a practice was like, what, like, no, like that means on some form or fashion that I failed. Um, because I, I, you know, whatever means couldn't find the right doctor, wasn't doing the right, whatever. Um, so that, that would be another one where I was like, okay, this, this constant struggle, like, where are we out of alignment? What's, what's incongruent with this practice? Because it's, it's just more of a a suck or an energy drain and more of a problem than it was, you know, a, a benefit to us. And so recognizing that and then closing it. And then as soon as we did, like everything else blossoms and, and grows because that energy leak or that whatever was incongruent in your life is suddenly removed and it gives you an opportunity for the other areas to, to grow. So that's really good. Thanks for sharing that. O- open one and close one. So there, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, and then even if, um, if I could have you, I don't know if you're open to talking a little bit more, more about where you're at now and yeah. the transitions that you're making in your life now. And um, also, can you help me understand at what point, did what you're experiencing now become in your kind of your vision conversation or were you always picturing this? You know, I, no, I wasn't honestly. So I, you know, so long story short for, for the folks online is, you know, I I had five practices finished with the four and and then I was acquired by a a private equity group, Cairo one who was purchased by a private group that's expanding in the, in the Northwest. Um, you know, I, I early, my, one of my best friends that I golfed with regular do and did golf with regularly. Um, he experienced that in his life, his, his, uh, his father-in-law at the time, he helped his father-in-law grow a, a, a business that was acquired. And when I opened my second office, 
Um, he's like, you know, and his, and his dad was a dentist as well. And so he had some, had seen it happen in the dental field. He's like, you know what, why not, you know, grow a few of these and, and, you know, maybe there'll be a, you know, a, a gobble up. So they call it where they go around and somebody's going around and buying these practices up. And, and I was like, Oh, I, I heard it and I received it, but I was like, well, it's, it's never happened in, in chiropractic, right? It's never, that's that until as of the last couple of years, that's never been, been something that's happened in our profession. It's happened a lot in physical therapy world and the dental world that, you know, in the medical world where they, you know, combine and, and do group stuff. Um, but anyhow, so that, that was, it was always back there, but it was never like, well, it hasn't happened. So I just kept building my dream of, you know, serving as many people as possible. Um, and, and that's really the story behind doing multiples. Like, you know, I can only, I can only bend over and adjust so many people a day at a time. If I want the same message delivered to my community that I think is the most important message, I just, I need to, I need to re recreate doctors that deliver that same type of care and communicate that same messaging. And that's, that's the means behind doing multiple. Um, but then that point did come, you know, in 2019, at the end of 2019, uh, you know, it started in 2018 with Cairo one started courting me a little bit. And then we closed, you know, in December of 2019. And now I'm, I'm doing merger and acquisition stuff for them where I'm, I'm reaching out to doctors and, hmm. and asking if they would like to sell and, and become part of, um, our, our expansion. Um, Love it. so yeah, so it was really, and I had never envisioned myself in this, in this role. Um, but again, it's, it's, you know, I'm just supposed to be willing and obedient and yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at. So that's, that's kind of under the hood. And then obviously, like you said, my baby's Carafest and that's really the vision of Carafest is again to, you know, it's honor the past and preserve the future. It's yeah. really honoring those Kairos that came before us. Um, and, and even some of even close to us that are just now, you know, transitioning out of, out of practice and, and, and securing the future. You know, my, my son is scheduled and is going to chiropractic school in the fall. My son-in-law talks about it. So it's like securing the future so that our kids as kids as kids can have what you and I have had for our families in the sense of, of principled chiropractic, you know, you know, teaching the above down inside out principles and, you know, allowing them to, to continue to spread that into the future. So, yeah. I love that. And I see that, that timeline of, you know, obviously uh, chiropractic experience, but then bringing on coach Ron before you even graduated. So yeah, you had yeah. this gentleman who's all about legacy. I think all of his kids are Kairos yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and his wife's a Cairo. And, yeah, yeah. you know, being, um, being a real strong man of God, like yourself, you're like me in that, that word legacy is very important to me. Mm. And, and also you said something that hit me is as great as you could be. And you can see a lot of people, I'm sure, as can I, um, we could do it. Um, yeah. it was the realization of I'm seeing all these people and I'm still not having that big of an impact on our community and our region. And that's when your for me, that's when my vision changed. It was like, oh, wow, my vision was too small. Like I, I gotta enlist other chiropractors. We are in a war here, and I gotta enlist other soldiers to help me reach yeah. this society that I live in uh, with the chiropractic lifestyle and all that comes with that, and all the beauty of that, and um, the lives that are truly being saved. So I appreciate you sharing that. And also, sometimes. God has a different vision for you than you can even think at the time, right? Yeah, hundred percent. It's stuff that we don't even know. Just to touch on that, like I, I think he he puts us in situations um, to learn certain things. You're going to either help excel or propel us into different areas, or he might be he might be having something happen that we we see as a as a detriment or, or a failure or something negative that he's preventing something from you know, happening to us as well. And so I think there's, you know, there's that hedge of protection continuously. And, you know, again, B 
being self-aware is, is a key. Yeah. And as an outsider looking in the story about closing the practice and churning through associates and the frustration, I, I think probably at that point in your life, because I went through the same thing, um, it felt like, man, this is pulling me away from being the leader I need to be to the people on my team right now. It was exhausting me emotionally. My tank was empty and, and it was starting to affect the two vibrant clinics I had going at the time. So yeah. it was, it's tough. I mean, I'm like you, I'm an athlete. I don't like yeah. to <laughs> close an office or yeah. you know, I like the roof. cancel. I hate, yeah. So. Ricky Bobby, you're the um, first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bobby. All right. I love it. We need a Ricky Bobby reference in there. Um, so if we look at, okay, this ultimate vision, and again, we both agree that it may be even, God might have something even different for you in that, but he still wants us to cast vision. And so we cast this ultimate vision and the docs on the line right now for you, that might be, gosh, I just want one associate, or maybe I just want a new patient concierge who's not even a chiropractor to free me up during those new patient times so I can see more, you know, and adjust more people. So maybe that's your vision. Um, but I think it's important if we look at vision as the ultimate manifestation, and then we look at mission as our plan to get there, I still feel like purpose is the engine that drives all that. Core values and your purpose are the engine that keeps that mission on track. So um, has that played out like that for you? 100%, Ron. Um, you're exactly right. But but you, we, we do have to plan, right? Failing to plan is, fa is planning to fail, right? You have to have a plan. You know, everything needs to be you know, I'm helping a doc right now do a business plan because he he's opened his own practice and really has, you know, he's, he, it's, he's green, doesn't understand. And so you have to cast that out. You have to, how am I going to, you know, what's my practice look like? What's it smell like? What's the music sound like? How many tables do I have? Do I have x-ray? Do I not have x-ray? Do I have whatever like that you're going to have? And then, okay, well, what's, what's my plan for acquiring new opportunities into the practice? Like, how am I going to do that? Is it screenings? Is it, is it social now? Is it doing advanced talks? How, how am I going to do that? When I get that, when that person does come in, what's my communication to help them understand the principles of chiropractic and start care. And then not only start care, but follow through with care, then refer people. And then once they refer, like, I mean, so you have to really like lay all the whole, it's the foundation, right? It's, it's a foundation of what we do in the vision and, and all those things happen because you have that foundation. If you don't have that foundation that, or the roadmap to where you want to go, and it doesn't mean that you can't pivot, right? Just like I did and you've done, like is if, if, if the road, we take a right and ends up being a dead end, we got to like either turn around and go back or we got to take a left or a right. We got to go a different direction. But, but the end of the day, doing nothing um, and not having a vision or a plan is, is, is again, setting you up for failure. I, I heard a great story of a guy that said, Hey, I want to go from, you know, I'm, I'm down in Southern Washington. I want to get to Northern Washington up by Seattle. Well, I can go South and still arrive. It might take me a year, but I can still get there. But it's just, you have to do the work, right? You can't, you can't right. just show up and have expectations of stuff, you know, just falling into place because you, you know, you're there. It's, it's faith without deeds, right? I can have all the faith in the world, but if I'm not putting action into it, if I'm not delivering and, 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 and moving forward, like we're, we're designed to move, we're designed to be ambulatory. Everything has resonance. Yep. Um, and so we have to be moving. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I would ask you if you were to, and so if you looked at 2018 and looked at your, your organizational chart of your practice and business, um, you know, was it uh, quite a bit different than what you maybe 10 years prior had dreamed it might oh, look like? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, at the time when we sold, we had 30, 32 employees, I think within the, within the practices. And, and I would have never, my first year said, Oh, I'm going to have, you know, <laughs> how many ever doctors and CAs and massage. I mean, like I would have never even, yeah. And so as, as we evolve as humans, as we grow and, and mature and, and we're forged, right. Yeah. As we're, as we're developing ourselves, that vision is going to change. That's why it's so important as, you know, like we, you'd mentioned earlier to be self-aware of those, yeah. those roadblocks and those getting stuck. Right. I was, I, I got stuck like, well, okay, well, I'm, I can only, like we said, I can only adjust so many people. Well, how do I get out of this rut? Okay. Well, I need you know, first hired my first doc, you know, two years yeah. in a practice, like that's going to help free me up to, she, she can help with exams and adjust some overflow. Okay. Well now, now we're at this tipping point. Well, how do we, how do we grow? Okay. We open a second practice. Like, so there's, you're going to get into those ruts. And if you're again, open and, and self-aware, you'll find a solution to, to move you beyond that. So that's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and remaining fixed within all of that, were your core values and your mm. purpose, your why, your why never change, your core values never change. Mm. The circumstances yeah. around you changed and therefore you had to adapt your vision and even your mission plan a little bit to whether it be hiring, more training, you know, yeah. um, onboarding practices yeah. that you didn't have to consider before. It's a lot more that yeah. goes to it with 32 people yeah. than three people. Yep. And I think being, you know, the other thing for docs is being humble and delegating things that you are not good at, like knowing that there is somebody that's smarter at you at something um, in the room. And, and if not, find somebody that is and bring them onto your team. So again, it keeps you in alignment with what you're good at and and allow them to, you know, fulfill a, a, something that they're good at and, and, and everybody grows. So, yeah. yeah. And that's such a key word is the humility, you know? Um, and I know that's one of your, that ties into your core values and mine as well. And it's, based partly on our, our belief system and our faith. But um, I think for docs out there is to have that maintain that spirit of humility. Um, so if we, you know, back to this engine driving, um, gosh, outside of coaching and going to seminars, how are these doctors out in the field by themselves with no accountability? I mean, it, it seems like it's easy for that why to kind of slip a little bit sometimes, isn't it? It is. And I, I, that's why I think, again, you got to keep that paint bucket near and dear, whether it's, you know, like you said, going to seminars. Yeah, um, I, I think you need to do that regularly. I think you need to have maybe not some people to call it accountability group, but yeah. a, a, a circle of influence people mm-hmm. within your, you know, your core five or six or 10 docs that are in your area that you can, you know, bounce questions off of. And if something comes up, you can lean on. Um, I think you need to, I think you have, you need to have a core group of people, and then, I, and then I think I think you need to continuously invest in yourself and and personal development, and growth, and understanding, you know, all components of life. Um, I think you know our our practices or any business is a reflection of the owner, mm-hmm. and the cleaner the owner's house is, the more in order it is, the more in order the business is. And so, I mean, I think you know, pouring into yourself, um, you know, personal development or staying in the green book, staying true to your principle, yeah. whatever it might be, whatever got you into chiropractic will will help facilitate keeping you engaged and aligned and, and whatnot. And, and, and like, you know, Gretzky says, you got to skate to where the puck's at. Things are always changing, yeah. right? We got to, yeah. we got to predict where that puck's going and skate to where it's going to be and, and not, you know, stay and stay where we're at. So. so as you look at going from three to 33 employees, <laughs> um, you know, that's a lot, right? So you yeah. start looking yeah. at that going, wow, there's a lot to that of, of spending some time on, defining each role within the practice and what personality types best fit that role 
so that when you go out and hire, you're not just going from your gut. You have this massive layer of objectivity in there. So when they when they finally land on Dr. Paul's lap at that level, he can now obviously go with his gut more, knowing they fit the avatar, they fit the job description, they got the energy level I need them to have. Then you meet with them. And, and so how did that evolve in your career? You know, it uh, evolved as the exact thing. Like it was a continuous work in progress. Um, blessed to have it. My wife is great at reading people. Um, she did a lot of, I would do like our initial group interviews and then we'd bring, bring people in for individual interviews. And, and she's, shoot, that was really because of Heidi. Like she's, yeah. she was, she had a great read for people. Um, again, so right there, it was recognition. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay at this, but she's really yeah. good at it. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna allow her to do it. Cause, right. um, it just decreases pain points down the road. If you the better, you know, higher, slow, fire fast. That's I, was, right. I was told by a coach one time. Um, and so really making sure it's, it's the right person for the right role at the right time, not yeah. only for you, but for them. Right. Um, yeah, there's lots to go into, but yeah, it, it was a, a continuous work in progress and, and, and we grow, we all grow over it as we or grow with it as we're, you know, adding people to our team. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely stretches you as a leader, doesn't it? Yeah. And I would say that that's probably the biggest pain point of expansion is, is the HR role, like just people. It's the, it's the biggest, um, it's the biggest hurdle in, in any business. And that I've yeah, and you, you mentioned all the rights, you know, the right person, obviously, and then the right role. And I, I'm again, going back to a guy I've been talking with lately, he has zero definition in job descriptions written for any role in his practice. He's just more of a Cairo man, kind of yeah. organic, you know, <laughs> And I'm going, man, he, he's churning through CAs. So that was my first advice was, man, you got to write out some really clean that's, job descriptions. That's both organic and they're also perishable. So you better yeah. put some things in order. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, man. <laughs> one, one more step on this is as you look at where you've been and where you are, and you look back at the importance that your teams played, because you said something very interesting to me is, as the leader of your company, you're not expected to be great at everything, but your team is. Yeah. And that comes from self-awareness. Again, find, finding, you know, we all have weaknesses and we all have strengths and finding, you know, finding those strengths and helping people strengthen their strengths and then finding people that, you know, where their weaknesses, you somebody that's, that's a strength for them and allowing them to, you know, express who they are in that role. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So much to talk about, buddy. We can keep going on, but, um, I think the, the goal of this podcast, and you've hit it perfect, is to realize who's listening and what can we do to help them grow and help them expand chiropractic to more households. There is no competition in chiropractic, as we know. Nope. No. I think as far as legacy, I think you've done a great job. I mean, I don't know how many docs you had on your team right now. What are you at? Uh, you know, right now with Car One, we have we're well in my region down here in Vancouver. We have eight offices right now. Okay, uh, that's uh, exciting. So when you before you sold, you probably had five or six, right? I, I had my four, yeah. Your and four. then we're expanding. We have another six or seven we've opened or bought in Seattle, and yeah. So we're the Northwest is growing. They've they've gone from forty clinics to eighty six clinics, I think, throughout the country. Now, is your role right now more to coach and and to be that? true north or that anchor for some of these guys I'm, I'm still coaching a little bit with the docs but you know i'd say the majority i'm doing is is m a stuff merger and acquisition so there's you know guys like ron that want to you know are interested in 
becoming part of our team, I communicate with them and got it. Go through that stuff. Yeah. No, that's super yeah. exciting. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, Absolutely, brother. We could do a whole seminar on this. But um, any any last little pearls of wisdom you would have for docs out there who are right in the middle of their goal setting and their vision uh, exercises? I, I think going back to the paint bucket, keep keep your core values as close to you as you can when making any decision, um, whether it's personally or professionally, and that will serve you well. And it, it might not look like it at the time. It might be a little bit slower than you want, yeah. but just hold hold your line, right? And know that... that uh, the upside will come. I love it, man. And good old fashioned hard work, right? Exactly. Exactly. Do the work. <laughs> Remind me, were you, uh, you were a tackle, weren't you? I was a center. Yeah, oh, you were a center, center. out of the yeah. shotgun, huh? <laughs> uh, we were about 50, 50 up under center. And, and that's shotgun. awesome. So you were the, basically the quarterback of the O-line. Yep. <laughs> that's exciting. Well, it's certainly played out in practice. Uh, chiropractic's better because you decided to become a chiropractor, brother. Thank you, brother. I, I greatly appreciate you. I consider you just a um, such a close friend in chiropractic and in the Lord. Um, so, hey, for those of you that tuned in today, I know you had a great time with this one. This one is so rich, so full of information. And I want to make sure if you haven't been to a, a ChiroFest event, it is by far my favorite event. I go every year. I don't care if it's in Coeur d'Alene or Boise or wherever. I'm going to that one. I just love the feel of it. There's always inspirational speakers there. The fellowship and the hanging out in between speakers, you just can't beat it. So that was my shameless plug for ChiroFest this year. Thank you. Um, it's in Boise. What weekend is that? Uh, September 16 and 17. Okay. Always close to anniversary weekend. Yep. Oh, I love it. So, And it used to be called, what, Big Top? Uh, year one was big top. Yes. Yeah. That was in right. a tent. Wow. I never got to be in the tent. I came after the tent. That's good memory. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. 13. So years. anyway, I greatly appreciate you. And like I said, docs that are out there listening in, um, you're never going to regret time spent on personal development. And right now, end of Q1, middle of Q2, whatever, um, you have to sit down and for your team's sake, for your community's sake, spend some time writing out your vision writing out your goals, make them specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. We call them SMART goals, but make sure you do that. And then also spend time on your why. Go away by yourself or your spouse. Get out in nature. Do something to clear your head, get away from practice, and, and begin to write down your why. And then the mission plan will, will come to you with hard work, man. And so, Paul, I appreciate you. I also want to tell ChiroTouch how much I appreciate them not only for allowing me to host this podcast, um, but just for the spirit in this that ChiroTouch basically is looking at how can we help the profession reach their full potential? And that's why we're doing these podcasts. So once again, thank you, ChiroTouch. And we can't wait to see you for our next episode. And again, thank you, Dr. Paul. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. Thank you.